Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes. I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is your is your book for sale about it? Yes. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let the same old crazy stuff. We had the DNC National Convention. Uh, that was repetitive. The Democrat National Convention uh, was this week. Um, and so interesting stuff came out of that. We have a candidate officially. A um, couple other things that we'll talk about, but um, wanted to jump into. It's been a while since I've shared anything statistic-wise about COVID and so on, because generally most of the cons- the statistics that you get are just garbage. You can't really tell what's up and what's down. So um, the last couple of weeks, uh, people have been throwing this out, how U.S. COVID stats should be reported. The first one I got was in Utah. And so it broke it down in this same vein. But um, I've got a buddy, Jared Fawcett, who is doing it, I think, almost daily or, or daily, um, doing an update on the numbers in Utah. But this is the numbers nationally. Um, so we have uh, just a, a couple of numbers that we need to pay attention to. The U.S. population is 331 million. Um, the total number of COVID tests that have been done in the U.S., people who have been tested for COVID, um, 68 million. So... Um, what is that? That's a little under um, 20%, right? If my numbers are accurate, they're, yeah, a little over 20% have been tested. Total negative tests. This is a huge thing. Total negative tests of the people who have been tested, 68 million people tested, 62 million of those, 580,000, have tested negative. Okay, so this is either people, and, and for whatever the reasoning, I mean, I would assume a lot of the tests are because people are showing some kind of symptoms or are scared that they have it. Um, others wanting to know if they've had it. Um, I don't know, again, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if these numbers, these come from Worldometers, uh, the, the sources down there, www.worldometers info coronavirus. I think that's the John Hopkins website. That's put up there, and this is from October 14th, so uh, 10 days ago. Um, so I'm assuming that some of these numbers may just be antibodies tests and so on. But the negative test rate is 92% of the people who have been tested have tested negative. So total positive tests in the U.S. as of last week or 10 days ago, uh, 5,420,000. That is 7%, okay, I mean, do the math, 92% is negative, 7.97% is positive. So 7% of the people who have been tested, whether they thought they had issues or what, have been positive tests. 
total deaths. Now, again, anytime we talk about deaths, it's tragic, it's so on. But taking into consideration situ- circumstances and so on, excuse me, um, we've had people, people that I don't, okay, so disclaimer, this is third party information to me, but I trust the source that gave it to me. Um, so somebody that went to church in uh, another city in Utah that I know, okay, I'm connected to somebody, they go to that church, um, going to keep it as vague as possible. But there was a, a father of a family who was had stage four cancer. All right. He was, they were expecting him to die. He ends up getting COVID, which may have exacerbated this situation and may have sped up his death, but he was already expected to die. Maybe it, and, and soon, again, this was not something that, well, we're looking at two years down the road, six months even, that it was an imminent thought that this man was going to die. COVID hits, he dies, and uh, they call it a COVID death which on his life insurance policy, he had this cancer rider, a special rider put into his life insurance policy to pay out for the cancer that he had. Well, when they called his cause of death COVID, that negated that rider. So it kept his family from getting the money, which obviously he died of stage four cancer. He died with COVID, not from COVID. And because of the need to pack the numbers for whatever reason, for whether political or whatever, political, financial, who knows, but this man's, it cost this man's family insurance money. I believe they went back through and they hired lawyers and so on. I believe that happy ending, they finally got it. But still, we have to, to take some of this with a grain of salt. 171 Americans are dead. That's not a good thing. I would say how what percentage of those, if COVID never hit, would have been dead already. And I'm not saying that they, okay, it's okay that they died because they were already, no. And you can go ahead and, and hit me with all the, the, the hate mail you want. But the reality is, is well over... 40%, and I, I should have got those numbers, but it's over 40% of the people who have died of that 171,000 people were over the age of 70. Now, maybe some of them, I mean, the average life expectancy in, in the U.S. is 78 right now. So how many of that 45%, if COVID had never come into play, would have died this year? we would have had a, a big number of those people and no one would have cared. No one would have mentioned it. It would have been of, of no concern except to the people's family who's passed, who passed away. But again, so let's look at the numbers. 171,000 uh, deaths. So if we take the death rate um, of the positive COVID tests, then it's 3.15% of the people who were tested died. If we take it of, or who tested positively, if we take it from the total number of tests, then 0.25% died. 
There's a little bit of a difference there, but still. So if you test positive, there's a 3% chance that you're going to die. That's, for somebody who gets it, I mean, that's, that's kind of a staggering number. We don't, I mean, I don't, you know, look down my nose at a 3%. If I mean, again, odds. I feel like I just keep trying to, to balance both sides, but it's, it's what I do. I try to maintain consistency in my worldview. So choosing my words carefully as I talk about this. If I'm given a, if someone comes to me and says, you have COVID, you have a 3% chance of dying. That's that's bad. Now, when we break it down into numbers of my, my age range and my, uh, with my health issues, um, diabetes, hypertension, and so on, um, I probably have a 1% chance of dying from COVID if I get it which I really honestly still think I had it back in November um, because all the symptoms and stuff like that that go along with it, I had. I mean, horrible coughing fits to the point that I couldn't sleep in the same bed as my wife because I, she couldn't sleep. Um, I would get short of breath just walking up my stairs. I mean, all those things. So I never got tested, but we didn't know about it then. But with that, there's a 1% chance. If we look at all the people who went... I think I feel funny. I might have COVID. 0.25% of those people died. Of those that went, maybe we have it. We should get tested. Now, when we break it down into the entire United States population, the mortality rate is 0.05%. 0.05% less than one-tenth of a percent of people in the United States are going to contract COVID and die. That means that your chance of not dying from COVID is 99.95%. Now, again, I know all the, the, the usual suspects are going to come back and go, well, that's even too much. We should, we should stay at, no. These numbers say that if you are susceptible, and, and I could fall into that category, if I were afraid of it, then I should be the one quarantining. I should be the one wearing a mask. We should not be mandating this for everybody. We should not be mandating that all these businesses shackle themselves from their ability to make their living because of a virus that came through our country and internationally as well, a worldwide pandemic that I, at the numbers that we have, I don't think it qualifies as a pandemic anymore. But because this came through, this virus that has a 99.95% chance of survival, we should not be hindering those people who are trying to make a living. We should be quarantining those who are sick. We should be protecting those who are susceptible, and we should be letting the rest of the stinking world get back to their regular lives. Period. End of discussion. Discussion. That's it. That's the tweet. We should be paying more attention to this. 
and in reality, you know, all the issues with masks and so on. In the last two days in here in Utah, we've had massive amounts of smoke in the air, and they literally put out a thing that says wearing a mask is not going to protect you from the smoke. It's not going to protect you from the ash particles. And yet wearing these masks are protecting us from the virus, which is much smaller than the ash particles of the things that are in the smoke. Come on. And you literally played yourself, you experts out there, when you contradicted the two things. After they said you, masks aren't going to be helpful for smoke, stay indoors and do whatever, you should have ripped that stupid mask off and said, all right, we're done with this trying to fight against a virus. Period. Bottom line. That's it. That's the tweet. That's our code numbers. So as these get updated in this vein, I'll continue to share them for a little while um, until I just can't deal with it anymore. Because again, this is the this more than anything right now in our current social environment between BLM riots, uh, presidential elections, insanity. This frustrates me more than anything because it seriously drives me crazy to walk outside my home or to drive down the street and see people walking by themselves down the street when it's a hundred degrees outside wearing a mask no one anywhere near them people by themselves in their car driving down the street wearing a mask this is this is ridiculous and and I'm not buying into all the the conspiracy theories that this is this is the precursor to the mark of the beast. You know, we're telling people that if you want to buy or sell, you have to wear this mask, and it's it's uh, conditioning people to the point when they're going to say, "Well, now you have to take this mark on your hand or your head in order to do this." And I'm not buying into that, um, but it is an overreach of government control. I mean, there are signs all over the place that says, must wear masks. Now, if a business says, you have to wear a mask, well, that's their business. And I'm all about capitalism, and I'm all about saying, okay, I'm going to take my business somewhere else. But when the government says you have to do it, if the business is taking it off of a, a government mandate and not a, a friendly suggestion, then I'm not buying into it, and I, I will take all the dirty looks. You know, now... With my job, I am required to wear a mask by my employer um, when I go into people's homes. And, you know, I want to keep my job, so I'm going to do that until it gets to the point where I don't want to keep my job anymore. And if it, I mean, if it comes to that point where, where that's a, you know, pick between the two, and I'm, I'm like, well, you know what? Not really concerned about this income anymore. Maybe I win a lottery next week. Who knows? Then I'm going to wear a mask as my boss has ordered me. But if I'm going into uh, commercial places and stuff like that, not doing it. If they kick me out because I'm not wearing a mouse mask, fine. I can spend my money somewhere else. It's a 50-50 thing on whether or not I do it at work. If I'm going into our nursing homes, 
I'm happy wear a mask because again, those are the people that are susceptible to this. But if I'm going into 7-Eleven, no, not happening. That's and that's all there is to it. So, um, this is just a little interesting thing that uh, I thought I'd talk about. I I, I kind of like it. Um, it's entertaining to me when those on the left just cannibalize themselves. So Rose McGowan and Alyssa Milano apparently are in the middle of a Twitter beef. And I could have, if I really cared about it, I could have gone to Twitter and looked up their tweets. Um, not really looking at, at being entertained by the the actual verbal cat fight that's going on here. It's just the fact that it's happening. And what it's about. Again, so... Here we have Alyssa Milano, who was so... She showed up at the Kavanaugh uh, hearings last year. She was so believe all women and Kavanaugh's a rapist and all this stuff. And she was just adamant. And then a young lady named Tara Reid comes out and says, Joe Biden assaulted her in a hallway. And far worse than what uh, what Ford, Blazy Ford said about uh, Kavanaugh. I mean... There was just, I mean, the two situations, the Biden thing was, I mean, either one, had they been true, uh, the one that Kavanaugh had been true, they would both be horrible. But I find the the accusation of Tara Reid to be far more uh, credible than Blasey Ford. But again, if you're going to mandate we believe all women... And then you're not going to, you're just going to throw Tara Reid under the bus because she's accusing Joe Biden and he's your dude. Yeah, that's like hypocrisy to the highest level. And Rose McGowan obviously is is fixing to call her out on it because Rose, who is not in any way, shape or form a conservative, has been calling for people not to vote for Biden because, you know, he's a lady sniffer and Apparently, he is a, a, a bleep grabber. Um, you know, Trump just said he could do it. And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. You know, locker room talk and blah, 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 blah. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but this is a, an actual credible accusation that Joe Biden didn't just say he could. He literally did. In a hallway somewhere within the halls of Congress. That's horrifying. And Alyssa Milano's like, oh, I believe all women except for Tara Reid because she's accusing the presidential candidate that I need to get rid of, the guy that I really, really, really hate, Donald Trump. And so apparently these two are going at it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with that because the more these two go at each other and have their, their little online social media verbal cat fight with each other then they're not advocating for the murder of little babies which both of these women are just outspoken uh champions for the practice of infanticide in the womb across this country especially within the walls of planned parenthood so y'all can go you know, me, 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 at each other all you want. As long as that, that reduces the amount of people you're encouraging to go out and murder their babies. So, 
I'll continue to, um, well, I can't say I'll continue to because I haven't even read one tweet going back and forth between the two of them because honestly, I really don't care. Um, I just find it humorous that they are going at each other. And that all being said about Joe Biden and, and grabbing and so on and blah, 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 blah. That is in no way a defense of Donald Trump. It was that very thing, the hot mic, uh, I can grab him by the you-know-what's sound clip that made me decide not to vote for Donald Trump. Now, I had had that not happened, I probably could have... Would, I, I ended my affiliation with the Republican Party when he was nominated. And I think because that information had came out just before he was nominated. I don't know if it came out before or after the the convention, but I was I was not happy that he was the standard bearer for the Republican Party when they nominated him, so I left the Republican Party. Then all that stuff came about and I mean literally cuz what it is, it's not locker room talk. I mean, I would I would punish my child if I had a son and I heard that he was making comments like that as locker room talk, he would be punished. So I don't stand for that from a politician or famous person or anything else either. And literally what it was, it was either just inappropriate uh, machismo, grandstanding, making an, an awful, awful claim that I can do something whether he did it or not. I mean, that's horrifying. And if he did do it, it's literally an admission to sexual assault. And if he did do it, he should be punished. He should be prosecuted. So that was why I did not vote for him. And I do not intend to vote for him again. Now, for those of you who are going to come at me and say, well, no, no, voting for Trump is a vote for Biden. We went through this with Hillary. By that logic, not voting for Biden is a vote for Trump. So you're welcome. There you go. So with all that being said, uh, the stage is set. Uh, well, unless something crazy comes from the Republicans next week. And somehow, amazingly, Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination. Not going to happen. It's pretty much locked up. He's got it. Um, so our stage is set. I mean, it pretty much was a couple months back when Bernie dropped out of the race. But now it's official. They have given him the official nomination. The DNC, the Democratic National Convention, has, has completed. They are done. And he has uh, the nomination. And Kamala, or Kamala, or that lady from California is his vice presidential running mate. So stage is set. I'm so looking forward to a debate, which I still predict is not going to happen. I don't think there's any way Joe's handlers are going to let him get out and actually stand on a stage at, or sit behind a computer and try to have a, a, a debate with Donald Trump. That That is not going to happen. Although it would be the thing that dreams are made of for stand-up comics and me, um, it's not going to happen. Absolutely, it's not going to happen. I'd love to see it, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. I do think we'll see our Kamala Harris and uh, Mike Pence uh, debate will probably happen. I can see that that would happen. And, I mean, 
there's teeny tiny little rumors, nothing big enough to uh, to really com- commit to anything. But there's been, like I said, little little mosquito tweets, the mosquitoes tweet buzz, whatever that. Mike Pence may not be the the VP next time around. That they may nominate someone else to come in. He may step back, and someone else may come in. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but I do know that this is the the perceived choice that people have to vote for for president. It's Trump. It's Biden. Literally, two old white men, sexual. Can I call them deviants? I, I can't. I can't one hundred percent say either one of them are are uh, predators or um, perpetrators, but the likelihood is is high that both of these men, at some point in time, have sexually abused women. It's just it, that's what it is. Um, not fully. There, I don't think either one of them is, uh, you know, cooking with a full tank of gas to mix my metaphors. Um, I, I just think, but again, now we stop and we look at policies. The DNC is all about murdering babies up to nine months and maybe even after any time without question, no regrets. Sorry. Cannot get behind that. But again, I'm not. I'm not putting my vote behind either party. I'm not. I'm just not. I will whether I vote third party, whether I write somebody in. I don't know. Last time I did a write-in vote for a friend of mine because I lost a bet. Go ahead, tell me how I wasted my vote. I, it's it's okay. We're in Utah, um, unless like a nuclear bomb hits somewhere around Provo, this state is voting red. All there is to it. Um, so no, my vote is for president at least is not that important. I will vote all the down ballot stuff. And, and again, I, I, I have, I can confidently say I've never placed my vote for a Democrat. Um, but I didn't, don't always vote for the Republican. So that being said, again, it will be interesting. DNC's already finished. A few interesting speeches here and there, um, you know, Obama, Michelle Obama raised some eyebrows, Barack Obama raised some eyebrows. Again, you know, anytime you're, you're hearing the the right talk about the left, they're going to just lambast everything they said. I didn't really watch. I mean, I got my information and my breakdowns from this from Steve Dace and Ben Shapiro um, and cross politic. And uh, so, I mean, that's where I got mine from. So. Obviously, it's going to be right-leaning uh, a little bit. I mean, most of these guys have a, a real good handle on keeping things balanced. But, I mean, it is. It, it does. All these guys lean toward the right. And I absolutely did not watch anything on MSNBC or CNN, so I don't know how they fluffed it up. But now, coming up, we have uh, the RNC, the Republican National Convention, where Trump will get his nomination again. And... They've, they released a thing. It was actually just a, a, an hour or so ago. I got the, the article on Daily Wire um, about the platform for the Republicans. And they're basically they're not going to change anything on the platform. The agenda um, 
this is quoting from the Daily Wire, has made a goal of creating 10 million new jobs in 10 months, creating 1 million new small businesses and providing quote-unquote made-in-America tax credits. The president also wants to bring to the United States 1 million jobs from China in the manufacturing sector and offer incentives for businesses in some industries so they can leave the communist nation for good. Um, the president wants to a vaccine developed by the end of 2020 and a quote-unquote return to normal the following year. Some other highlights include allowing all students to practice school choice, enacting term limits for members of Congress, yes please, and increasing criminal penalties for assaulting police officers and other law enforcement officers. Um, again, it will not be adopting any new platform. Um, you can look forward to some of the speakers at the uh, RNC if, if you want to watch, if that's something. I'll, again, I'll, I'll just pick up my highlights from Ben Shab and Steve Dace and, and my brothers over there across politics, Gabe, Toby, and Knox. So, but you can look forward to these guys. Nick Sandman, the Covington High School student that was all involved in the whole racial thing and lawsuit against CNN and so on. Um, he'll be speaking there. Um, the armed St. Louis couple, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, the ones who came out with their weapons when BLM went through their neighborhood. And of course, all you heard about them was holding their weapons, not the fact that they were threatened, their home is threatened and so on. So they were really standing there in defense of their own home. Um, seven members of the Trump family, including uh, Melania, Ivanka, and Eric, um, and Donald Jr. So a lot of the Trump family is going to be speaking. Uh, beyond that, uh, Utah former NFL player and Utah congressional candidate Burgess Owens um, will be speaking. Um, I might actually be interested in watching him to see how his Mormonism kind of fits into any of that um it'll be interesting and then again i kind of liked burgess owens as a football player so i mean i was real little when he was playing he was in the late 70s early 80s i believe i have two of his football cards from 1981 so um i may have to find a, a, a campaign stop for him and see if i can get an autograph um uh baltimore congressional candidate who this lady, uh, she's a black lady for Baltimore Republican, put out an amazing ad. I should have grabbed the video and shown it. But go look up the, the Baltimore congressperson, uh, Kimberly Classic, um, or Clackic or Classic or something. Um, look up her, her commercial because it was one of the best of the year uh, for campaign commercials. She did a great, great job. I wish I was in Baltimore and could vote for her. But, you know, with mail-in voting... Maybe I still can. That's a joke. Um, or not. Um, uh, so that's kind of the lineup you've got going for the RNC. We'll see what they what they have to say and what kind of speeches come out of that. And then we've got less than three months and we are voting for a new president um, or reelecting the old one. Pretty much most of the odds are laying that Trump is going to be reelected. Um, that is the only reason that is a good thing is there are some policies that are going to be good. Note that in this little article, nothing on Trump's agenda has anything to do with pro-life. 
nothing to do with overturning Roe v. Wade, nothing to do with Supreme Court justices, which is why we put him there essentially to begin with. That was the reason why people kept telling me I had to vote for him. Well, Supreme Court justices, Roe v. Wade, um, he did not give us the conservative justices that we wanted, uh, that he promised. And so uh, I think we need to call him on that. You did not keep your promises. Um, it is very likely if Trump gets elected that he's going to have at least one or two more uh, Supreme Court justices to put on the bench. Um, I do not, I'm not wishing anything uh, ill upon her, but I don't think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to last much longer. Um, she's, I don't, I don't think she lives past the end of this year. That's a, that's, that's, call it a prediction, call it what you want. That's just me looking at the facts and going, this is likely what is going to happen. Um, and then, of course, we'll end up with all this stuff. If she dies before the election, there's no way the Democrats are going to let Donald even nominate anybody. They're going to they're going to go right back to the Garland thing and uh, and throw that up in, a, in the Republicans faces. And they're going to have to deal with that because they set that precedence. So we'll see what happens. And uh, it, if anything, it is going to be an entertaining three months. To watch the uh, the ads between these two uh, cuckoo rich white guys with a uh, a propensity for um, touching women that don't really want to be touched, we'll just leave it at that. And uh, <laughs> as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words; they're necessary. Until next week. Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.